it's so fun to meet you in person. I feel like we've talked a lot over Slack and email over the years. So this is really exciting. Yeah, for me as well. Well, Darko, welcome to the Frontier Podcast. Glad to be here. So we're going to talk about building community and brands as a developer. Um, it's something that folks ask us about a lot, especially as a freelancer, right? Like, how do I build a brand around myself that feels kind of icky? I'm not really sure how to get started. Um, and also, how do I build a community um, to sustain me working, you know, mostly as a freelancer kind of on your own? Like, how, how do you build that community um, for yourself for support? So you've done all those things. So I'm really excited to dig into it today. Um, and you've also been a gunslinger for a while. How long have you been on the gun platform? Well, I've been on the platform for three-ish years, but officially I've been on for about two because I created a profile and I basically forgot about it. <laughs> Up until David actually contacted me and told me, hey, your profile looks interesting. Maybe you would want to you know, reactivate the whole thing. So it sounded like a good idea. I've had some decent experiences. It's been fun for sure. Good. Well, I'm glad you've had fun. Um, I know like every time there's something that comes up for us internally, we're like, who should we talk to about this? It's always Darko. <laughs> so we're glad that David, you found your profile and lured you back. Um, and you, where are you based out of? Uh, Macedonia in Skopje. That's on the southern part of Europe. South, east, no, hold up. That's the southwestern part of Europe, anyway. So, sorry, southeastern. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's uh, close to the Mediterranean, you know, average Mediterranean culture and all that. So, oh, yeah. gorgeous. How's the weather right now? Make me jealous because I have cold and hail outside my window right now. Well, you're not going to be too jealous because it's very gray and depressing outside. Currently. No. So it's rain season. We don't get too much sunlight. So, yeah. Okay. When's, when's the best time to visit? Late spring or early fall. Least rain, best weather, really, really decent nature stuff to see around. Could you do Macedonia in a week or would you need more time to see everything? The highlights you could certainly do in a week. Sure. I mean, the really interesting stuff. If you're something into, you know, like hiking and so forth, we have a lot of mountains around. Oh, cool. It's a very mountainous country, so you would probably need a lot more time to do do more hiking. But, you know, just to see the highlights, a week is more than fine. Sweet. That's one of the only countries in Europe that I haven't explored at all. So it's on my list. Hopefully at some point in the next year or two, I can get over there. Um, maybe early spring, it sounds like. So, you know, you're a gunslinger on the gun.io platform. You're a freelance developer. Why don't you just run through everything we need to know about Darko, and then we can go ahead and jump into some of these communities um, that you've built. Sure. I've been a web developer for, or rather a software developer that mostly does web stuff for close to 15-ish years. Now I'm sort of not counting anymore. I'm old, <laughs> I mean, you know? <laughs> at some point it doesn't make sense to count anymore. Yeah. Most of that has been with full stack stuff, but I find myself mostly working on front end projects. Um, always looking for a technical challenge. I always liked those. 
weird projects that people were sort of like you know scared of because mm-hmm. they were challenging and so forth and I was lucky enough to get such projects and I'm grateful for those because they made me learn a lot. I'm also happy that most of those projects are actually used by people out there. So, you know, it's um, it's one of the most fulfilling aspects of, you know, being actively involved in product work. Actually yeah. seeing a product being used by somebody, you know, solving an actual thing opposed to, you know, just coding something and... You never know whether it sees the light of day or not. Right. Besides that, uh, well, on my university dropout, I realized that past year three, it really wasn't something for me because I really like the practical aspect of programming. Like, but I don't hate computer science, but, you know, there is a certain point at which it doesn't really do it for you anymore. And, you know, my third year of study was basically that point for me personally. I've been involved with a bunch of community stuff. I'm writing a blog. Um, I'm running a meetup. We'll get into that a bit more later, I guess. And yeah, in broad strokes, that's me. I have like too many hobbies to count. So <laughs> What's maybe. the weirdest hobby? Ah, okay. I love uh, cooking hot sauces and I'm growing my own peppers, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never made my own hot sauce. I've done a lot of the, like, I've made my own butter. I do all that, but I've never made my own hot sauce. It's a fun hobby. What's your favorite combination of ingredients in a hot sauce? Don't give us, like, the secret recipe, (laughs) but just, like, ingredients that you put in there. I've been experimenting with various combinations of of, uh, uh, sriracha recipes. I want it a bit more sweeter in taste, but uh, without losing the heat. So I've experimented with a couple of different peppers, and I realized that just uh, adding a bit of habanero to the recipe makes it a whole lot, you know, basically achieves that point. So I'll leave the rest of the ingredients and, you know, uh, how much of a pepper you should use in this (laughs) recipe a secret. Or, you know, you can ping me on Twitter. I'd be happy to answer it. Yeah, it's more fun to experiment and see like what burns your face off and what you're okay with. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've had some interesting experiences. It's not fun when you basically feel, uh, you know, that burning pain over your fingers for a couple of days because you were dumb enough not to use gloves. But, you know, hey. Oh, my gosh. That's how you learn. (laughs) Yes, I always forget. And then I'll like rub my eyes or something. It's the worst. Yeah, it is. But let's get into something a little different. Tell me what BeerJS is. <laughs> sure. Okay, so BeerJS has a very interesting history. It's actually an international event. It started oh, cool. in San Francisco, I think, as sort of this uh, red-headed stepchild sort of thing of uh, JSCon. And it was just, you know, because people wanted to have that kind of a meetup more often. And it didn't always have to be a conference format because that requires a ton of preparation and a ton of logistics and this was supposed to be more informal and the founder had the idea that it would be cool to have a github repository and any city around the world would basically fork a copy of that repository and create their own beer.js meetup you had branding you had some support from them and so forth but you know i think that you won't find two beer.js meetups that are really like you know too similar 
It, but it's interesting to know that there are a lot of cities around the world doing their own thing under the BeerJS brand. And it's been a lot of fun. It's a very welcoming community internationally. People like to share their experiences. People really like doing it, it seems. So it's been great. How often are you doing them? Uh, we used to do them two times per year because our BeerJS in Skopje tends to be more of a, well, conference-like thing. Um, that was largely for, you know, community reasons and how we got started. But uh, ours t- tends to need a bit more logistics and preparation to, you know, make it work. Mm. And last year, it was, or 2022, was the first time we had three meetups. So this year, we're planning to have like four to five. We'll see what happens, and whether you know, everything works. But we're hopeful. People like uh, coming to our event and it's amazing. Well, and I hear that you had three times as many people show up to the first one as you yeah. expected. How did you how did you market it? Like, how, how did you make sure folks knew about it? Uh, we actually didn't. <laughs> we didn't do. People well, just okay. knew? Well, no, it, it, it's ridiculous, actually. Like the first meetup we had was in a co-working space. And I was, you know, for better or worse, most of my friends, acquaintances are in the industry. And it was enough to basically just share some information. Okay, we're trying to do a meetup. And if you show up, there's going to be free beer. And I suspect <laughs> that the free beer had something to do with the attendance yes. numbers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. We had fun. Interestingly, people people just after the event started asking, when is the next one going to happen? Which was something I didn't really expect to happen. So there was this enthusiasm for seeing this thing happen again. And, you know, sort of as a pilot, you have to you know, try it out, see whether people like it. And it was literally my first time trying to do an event. This trial by fire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it, I started doing it mostly out of personal frustration. I didn't really want to travel for events and meetups anymore. I just wanted to have something close by. And, you know, the best way to deterministically solve something is to do it yourself. Mm, that's right. You can't really expect someone else to do it. So, you know, I started that thing and it it's not really... As easy as going to an event for sure and enjoying the full event. It's always, you know, work. You have to be mindful of a bunch of stuff because you're organizing it and so forth. But I'm happy that it happens. I feel like most things that I've taken on outside of my work life have been because it was just like something that I wanted that didn't exist yet. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just make it. Yeah. I'm always curious to ask folks who are like in the events world in some way what their experience was during the pandemic, right? Like you could, you probably had to take a break for a few years. What was it like to spin things back up? Did you notice a shift kind of post pandemic? Talk to me about that. Most of the BeerJS uh, communities around the world basically ceased doing anything because I think in spirit it's more uh, it's it's a better fit to be, to it being a live event. It's not yeah. something that you should be doing online. It's no they, pe- different people did it differently, of course, and it worked for some communities. For ours, it didn't really do it, so we took a break. And around the end of 2021. Um, we started getting emails on our official email for the meetup about, you know, companies trying to sponsor us again. 
because people started asking for events. You know, the we sort of accepted the pandemic was going to sort of, you know, become more of a background noise thing than being like this omnipresent problem we had yeah. in, our, in our lives. Yeah. And, you know, regulations seem to be a bit lightened up around having events. So using that interest as a starting point, we decided that we were going to have a meetup in 2022 and, you know, just continue with stuff. There was uh, some renewed interest for sure. I think before the, the pandemic hit, we had an attendance of 90 as a record. And uh, the first event in 2022 had 140 people. Wow. So there was interest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We did make an effort with social media and everything. But, you know, but by this point, we were sort of used to the idea that uh, we were supposed to advertise in some way that we're back, we're doing this thing again, you know, mm-hmm. it's not dead and whatever. <laughs> and uh, that sort of had an effect. Uh, you know, 140 people, the, a full hall, basically the budget for the beer ran out pretty quickly. So, <laughs> you know, kudos to the people. I mean, we tend to be really fast beer drinkers around here anyway. So. But yeah, past that point, uh, we were sort of very motivated to you know continue doing, doing this thing. And we did two more events and both broke the record for attendance. Wow. Um, yeah, the second one was 160, and the last one was I stopped counting around 200, and I decided that we're not going to count people anymore. <laughs> I mean, <we've laughs> yeah, sort- 200 yeah. is, yeah, I feel like you've, at that point, it's an official event, and you can just, you know, call it good. If, yeah. if somebody's listening and they're like, man, that sounds like so much fun, and I want to know if there's a beer JS in my area, or maybe start one, where should they go? Where should they look? Uh, to the GitHub repository, I can share a link. There's this uh, beer.js slash meta repository that has an instruct has a set of instructions on how to start. It's really simple. Chances are you already have an event in your city and you can just go ahead and support them. So yeah, get involved. It's great. Cool. Awesome. We'll share that link in the show notes. Um, another thing different than community building um but kind of along the same lines of like how do you kind of build a brand for yourself as a developer you've started a podcast recently i hear so talk to me about that what's what's going on with the podcast for a bit of background i've uh, been last year i decided to make a career switch i decided that you know classical product work wasn't going to cut it for me anymore and i decided to get into devrel more and developer experience and so forth one of the things that I think fits me as a medium, as a format, is podcasts. I the the motivation was that whenever we're you know we're sitting at a table and there's like 10, 12 people or something and we're having beers or whatever, uh there are often situations in which well, somebody starts talking and I ask them follow-up questions and so forth, and the table basically listens to us and that keeps on repeating and repeating and repeating and sort of dawned on me that okay this could be a podcast because yeah. it sounds fun and maybe people will like it we'll see so i've recorded uh, four episodes so far i oh. haven't fully published a single one yet uh that's going to happen towards the end of this month probably around the uh, 30th of january or something awesome. that's the schedule at least <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes with these things. I mean, you've I been do. in this game far longer than I am, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it takes a while. I have, you know, obviously we do the frontier here at Gondola.io and I also have a couple kind of solo podcast projects as well. And it's funny, like doing this, doing the frontier podcast feels like way less pressure, even though there's tighter deadlines, but it's, it's because the deadline kind of sets me free in a way. It's like, well, there's an episode coming out in a week, one way or another. So just figure it out and make it happen. Yeah, um, I should probably do the same. I need a <laughs> calendar for this thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, both both podcasts and meetups are really kind of work intensive, right? Like these are not just passive things. These aren't like passive income generators, right? For other folks listening who are interested in maybe pursuing one of those projects, what advice do you have for them? What what do you wish you had known before creating events or hosting events or creating a podcast for yourself? You really have to know you like it because, you know, it's for everybody, the motivator is going to be different. I mean, you know, we, we all like uh, are driven by different things, so that has to be for everybody. Still, um, it's planning is necessary. You know, you always have to at least anticipate what's uh, your event about, plan for the logistics of it and everything. But keep in mind that this is a very spontaneous and chaotic thing, realistically, and. Things get chaotic. You better get used to the chaos and, you know, roll with the punches and so forth. You can never plan for everything. For sure. Sometimes, you know, technical difficulties, microphones, projectors stop working, people freeze on stage, you know, and that's ultimately uh, the organizer's problem. So if you think about starting an event, keep all of this in mind and try to have fun. You know, the, ultimately, you know, it's you, you, you should have fun with this thing. It shouldn't feel like that much of a chore. That's really good advice. I think that gets lost in the shuffle a lot. And I think as long as, as long as you have a plan B that inevitably will create fun for everybody, then you know it doesn't really matter what goes wrong. I also always giggle when there's um, technical challenges at dev conferences or events because. The classic joke is like everybody thinks that you can fix their printer or fix their projector. And it's like, no, I write software. I am not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like a hardware expert. Okay, podcasting. What what have you learned that you wish you had known at the outset? Oh, I'm still learning, but so far <laughs> there's a lot more, you know, logistics and uh technical considerations you have to keep in mind before you start recording. It's not as simple as you know, put two microphones in a room and just start <laughs> recording. It's never that simple. I yeah. tried doing that once. It was a horror show, basically create, making something, you know, listenable out of that because of the echo and the, the one microphone caught audio, some audio from the other speaker that it shouldn't have and so forth. So, you know, just do your research. Uh, ask people that have been doing this because I didn't really do that. I just started. I dived right in and made a bunch of mistakes <laughs> that Still seems thematic that. thematic in your life is just jumping right in <laughs> yeah 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 i i try to do some research beforehand but at some point i grow i grow bored and no, I, i'm just gonna start doing it yeah it funny enough it works pretty well for development in general but in other areas in life like not so much it tends to be a <laughs> bit harder 
That's yeah. So true. In any case, um, so far, because my podcast is, well, similar to this one, it's an interview format, you know, it's trying to be casual, but on a more, you know, technical topics and stuff. Um, just basically keep your interviewee, you know, talking, I guess. Mm. Everybody likes talking about their thing. I realized, and the more you allow them to, and the more you ask them follow-up questions about it, it's it, better quality content comes out. I have a couple of episodes to compare, and interestingly, I think one the first one because it felt the most spontaneous for myself because you know the speaker is a the interviewee is a close friend. I think it's the best one so far. I'm trying to replicate that and, you know, just adapt, see what worked, listen to your work, re-listen to your work, find your mistakes, don't do them again. Yeah. That's it. I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. I mean, we're like over 200 episodes into this thing and it's still, we learn something wow. new every time. So I think thematically the the umbrella that's over everything we've talked about today is how to expand your your skill set and your presence as a developer beyond just writing code. And I think you found some really cool ways to do that through events and through podcasting. And we didn't even mention content creation. Like you write really excellent guides and blog posts about Thank technical you. topics. And we've had you write some of those for us before. And I would imagine there's folks listening who, you know, so far have spent their careers really just focused on writing the code, right? And maybe are interested in expanding a little bit. So for those folks, if you were to distill like a first step for them, like, okay, you want to expand your skill set, here's the first thing you should do, what would that be? I've heard this interesting quote recently. Actually, yesterday, I'm part of, for context, I'm part of a developer relations mentorship. That's a really, really cool and fun thing. We have guest uh, lecturers on. And what I heard yesterday is that uh, content is the final step of a learning process. So oh. the advice here would be just, if we, we all learn as developers. We all do like some project or the other, solve a problem or something. Write about that problem. You've uh, actually had to research it. You had to learn about it. You had to solve that problem. And somebody else has that problem probably out there. Write mm -hmm. about that. Do a video about that. Podcast about it. It doesn't matter. That's just, you know, document your, your document your process. And that's already like good enough. Everything else is details and improvement and iteration. Just iterate over it. And that's it. That's, you know, all there is to it, to my knowledge so far. <laughs> Yeah, just start with what you know. That's great advice. Well, Darko, it has been so nice talking to you. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this today. Where can folks find you if they're not in the gun.io cantina Slack? Oh, uh, well, I'm somewhat active on Twitter, LinkedIn. I can share some links with for that. Um, I write pretty reg regularly on my blog, darko.io. Those are the places, and thank you for this opportunity as well. Uh, it was fun. It's my first time being on a podcast, so thank you very much. Okay. It was great. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io. 
We drop two episodes per week, so if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at The Frontier Pod, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.